Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works pregame show, Dare Ausblick. My name is Chuck Smith and I am here to walk you through the upcoming Champions League showdown between Bayern Munich and the Italian side Lazio. Bayern, of course, won the first leg of this tie with a very convincing and authoritative 4-1 victory over Lazio. And let's get right down to it and start talking about this matchup. First, we'll address uh, some of the key facts as we head into the game. And believe it or not, this is the first time that Bayern has ever hosted Lazio in a European competition. But the Italian side is in for a bit of a tough challenge at the Allianz Arena. In Bayern's last six matches in the Champions League under Hansi Flick, they have outscored their opposition 18 to 3 at the Allianz Arena. So things are already not looking good for Lazio, but this next stat is going to be the really damning one that if I was a Lazio fan, I would probably uh not be too happy to hear about. Uh no side has ever progressed from the knockout stages uh after losing their home game by three or more goals. And, of course, Bayern won that first contest by a score of 4-1. to one. So how many times has that happened in the Champions League or in the European Cup competition? Well, 88 times. 88 times that scenario has happened, and 88 times the team that fell behind by three or more goals in the first leg at home has lost. So there are a lot of things working against Lazio as we head into this match, and not the least of which is just how good Bayern Munich has been throughout this season and how talented and deep the squad under Hansi Flick is. Uh, when you look at Lazio, obviously, they have a lot of talent on their team. There is no doubt about that. I think the biggest difference in the first matchup was, one, Bayern was more skilled, more physical, and faster, but... It, obviously just the overall talent differential uh like i said lazio is is very talented but Bayern is a whole nother level and just as a team they function so much better as a unit it's very convincing the way Bayern played in that first match it's hard to think that lazio is going to be able to game plan anything to come into the allianz arena and win this game uh, in any manner. Uh, it's just very difficult to believe that. And I know uh, with Ciro Immobile at, up top, that there is a lot of reason to think that Lazio can present some problems to Bayern Munich. And obviously, with the overall talent base they have, it's possible. I mean, Lazio is, is no joke. They are a good side. The problem is Bayern is just that much better. Uh, one of the key things that I know I'll be looking for from Lazio over the course of this game is, is a bit of a rematch between the two speedsters, and that's Lazio's right midfielder, Manuel Lazare, and Bayern left back, Alfonso Davies. Now, between those two players, there is just a ton of speed to burn <laughs> between the two players, and we got we saw Lazare actually get the better uh, get get the get the better of, of Alfonso Davies at times in the course over the course of the first match. Uh, Davies, of course, is one of the fastest players on earth, while Lazare is probably uh, not as famous as Davies, but is a, a is a certified speedster in his own right. 
I know that, you know, obviously Davies will be pumped up because anytime he loses any type of foot race, it probably motivates him for the next uh, competition he'll have against that player. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch that battle. Uh, Lazare obviously has, has some skill, and he created a lot of issues for Bayern Munich in that first game. Overall, I thought he was Lazio's best player in that match, although there were a couple solid performances. He was the, the player that stood out for me the most. But yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to watch, and hopefully those two get a chance to uh, strap on their racing boots and get the chase down a ball, and we'll get to see who actually wins that one. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But as we shift the focus now to the Bayern Munich side of things, uh, the lineup that we could see from Hansi Flick tomorrow could be a bit different from what we saw the first time when these teams matched up. Of course, you know, we will likely see the, the normal base of players for Flick, and that includes Robert Lewandowski, Thomas Muller, Joshua Kimmich, and Leon Goretzka. I think that uh, foundation up the middle is going to be set. We'll see those four players for sure. Uh, I would also anticipate that we see David Alaba back in the lineup. Uh, like I said, I think we'll see Davies. Uh, but from there, things get a little bit iffy, especially along the back line. Um, right now, it would seem as if Jerome Boateng will be the pick to start on that right side at center back, and Benjamin Pavar would be the right back. But we have Nicholas Sula look, looking like he's ready to be back in the lineup, and he could insert... Uh, Flick could insert Sula into either one of those two spots on the right side of the back line. So it'll be fairly interesting to see what he does. We saw Sula become a big problem for Lazio in the first match. So I would uh, I would think that Flick might look at that and try and configure a way to get Sula back in the lineup, whether that means giving Pavar or Boateng another day of rest. Uh, that remains to be seen, but we'll see. I, I would think that that's one of Flick's harder decisions for this match. Um, further up the pitch, we can look at the trio of Leroy Sané, Kingsley Coman, and Serge Gnabry uh, as you know one of those areas where Flick has to make a tough decision every week, uh, or at least with every game. Uh, his decision might be a little bit easier in this match. Kingsley Coman trained individually today along with Douglas Costa, so as of now, it would appear that Flick's uh, depth at wing really just includes Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry uh, with the possibility of seeing Jamal Musiala maybe in a sub role out wide. Uh, it's very interesting because in Flick's, uh, part of the, the game press conference was Hansi Flick, obviously, but also Leroy Sané, which kind of gives me a clue that we will see Sané no matter what. And rightfully so. He's been very good of late. Uh, he has bought into Flick's uh, insistence on pressing and also on Flick's expectations for what he wants from his wingers defensively. So we've seen a marked improvement from Sané in those areas. I mean, for Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry, those are areas that they've already bought into and embraced. So I think that with Sané having made that progress, Flick's decisions actually become a little more difficult because he has to assess week-to-week, game-to-game, who is most on point among those three players? Who deserves to be out there? And like I've said many, many times before, every game someone's going to be disappointed they're left out. But so far, Flick has found a way to manage that, keep all three wingers relatively happy. We'll see if he can continue to do that over the course of this season, including with this game. But like I said, Coman is, is 
tra he trained individually and he probably won't be available, although nothing definitive was stated in that press conference. So it could be a matter where Coman is on the bench or he doesn't dress at all. I would be highly shocked if he's included in the lineup. One of the other pieces of news that came out today that it was a bit shocking was that uh, Manuel Neuer is out with a cold. Doesn't necessarily mean he won't be available against Lazio, but he did not train today, today being Tuesday, of course, and uh, that made his status uh, questionable, which has opened the door for Alexander Nubel to get another start for Bayern Munich. And if you've been following this whole Alexander Nubel saga, it is very clear that the youngster who came over from Schalke is not happy with the playing time he's received this season. Uh, his agent has complained to the media. While Nubel himself has been silent in using the media, it's been made clear that the former Schalke goalkeeper is really looking to be on the field more. And it, to any observer, it's really tough to justify that he should get more time. I mean, Manuel Neuer has been excellent this season. There has been no drop in his game or performance in fact, it looks like he is about as strong as ever, and it doesn't look like he's going to slow down. So for Nubel, this is, one, it's a great opportunity to come in on a big stage of the Champions League if he gets the call and show what he can do. But two, it gives him an opportunity just to get the feel back for, for game time. I mean, this is a kid who I feel at this stage of his career should be on the field, and Bayern Munich is just not the club for him to be able to do that. So, of course, we've heard the rumors over the past couple of weeks. Uh, he's been linked to Nico Kovac's AS Monaco. Um, we've heard Werder Bremen and Hertha Berlin as two options as well. Uh, what happens with Nubel remains to be seen. But I don't think that Bayern Munich is going to be able to afford him the opportunity over the next one or two years at least uh, to get that playing time that he not only wants, but that he needs for his own development. I mean, this is a player who at 24 has already been a first-team goalkeeper. He is slated to be Germany's next Neuer. Uh, he is expected to be the young goalkeeper that takes over when Neuer and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen kind of seed their roles on the national team. Uh, so for, for his own development, uh, for German football's development, uh, something needs to happen to get this kid on the field. And whether Monaco or Hertha or Werder Bremen are good options, uh, I guess that remains to be seen. It would seem like Monaco's status in Ligue 1 would offer him not only a chance to play against some top-flight competition, but also to be involved in European play. So maybe that's a good option. Obviously, Kovac would be familiar with Nubel from having competed against him in the Bundesliga. This could be a really good place for Nubel to land. But like I said, I mean, does he take a one-year loan, a two-year loan? Whatever the case, it's going to have to be an opportunity for the kid to get on the field consistently. Whatever move he makes, he has to be guaranteed field time. We cannot or at least Byron cannot afford to see uh, another situation like what happened with Christian Fructel, who went to Nuremberg and has not gotten on the field. So it is, uh, you know, this is a key juncture for Nubel. And I hope that 
whatever happens after the season, uh, he's able to land in a spot that affords him the playing time that he that he so desperately needs. And it's it's kind of an interesting subplot that helps a transition here that one of the disagreements of, well, the many rumored disagreements that have been reported on over the past week between Hansi Flick and Hassan Barazzo, Sally Hamidzic, I'll, I'll butcher that name, Sally Hamidzic, um, of course, you you guys have to love when I butcher that because it is it's it's actually it's not a terrible name to pronounce, but for whatever reason I, I am I am a killer with that one. So I'm just going to refer to him as Brazo because I I don't I've had trouble with that name for years, and it's <laughs> it's kind of funny. I know Derek Ray would probably roll his eyes at at someone not being able to pronounce that properly, but it's just one of those things that has always given me some problems. So for now. I'm just going to say Brazo. Uh, so the problems between Flick and Brazo, apparently one of the issues was that Flick was not so keen on Byron bringing in Newble, and it wasn't necessarily anything to do with Newble's individual talent. It, it was more that Flick felt like he was not going to be able to give Newble the opportunities that he needed. And Flick reportedly wanted to keep Sven Ulreich in-house just because one Ulrich was a veteran who was dependable and had already been in the program and two there was really no need uh, for Ulrich to to be on the pitch at this stage of his career Ulrich was pretty content if he was going to stay at Bayern being Neuer's backup so a handful of appearances for Ulrich over the course of a season would have been okay whereas with Newble we've seen this become a bit of a controversy uh, and that relationship between Flick and Brazo is, has been the hot topic among Bayern fans. And it's something we can, we can touch on briefly right now. Uh, it doesn't have to be an either-or situation if you're a Bayern Munich fan. Obviously, uh, both men are extremely talented in their jobs. They're extremely good at their jobs. Hansi Flick is a sextuple sex winning coach who has transformed Bayern Munich from kind of a broken down, dysfunctional roster into something that, of a world power. I mean, they are phenomenal since he's taking over, since he's taken over. And he has gotten so much out of players like Thomas Muller and Jerome Boateng and Leon Goretzka, who other coaches have had trouble unlocking the passcode on, uh, to be honest. I mean, if you look at Carlo Ancelotti and Niko Kovac, each of those two coaches, who are fine coaches in their own right, could not work with this Bayern roster the same way. And what Flick has been able to do is nothing short of remarkable. He deserves all the credit and probably a little more, uh, he deserves a little bit more ownership of some facets of the Bayern Munich front office than he probably has right now, which leads us to Brazo and, and this ongoing, what some people in the media have referred to as a feud, and which has subsequently started a feud among Bayern fans uh, in a Flick or Brazo kind of war. Uh, both men offer great qualities. Of course, in any type of uh, interpersonal dynamics between two big egoed individuals who feel like they have accomplished a lot, the two men disagree. They don't agree on much, it appears, when it comes down to squad planning, transfers, and who should have the final say on moves. Now, I have been on record uh, many, many times backing 
Flick to get more of a say in transfers and having a little more control over the players that he has to work with and coach every day. And I think that's really important for a person like Flick who has ideas that are probably outside the box. And I think a perfect example of this is Flick wanted both Timo Werner and Kai Havertz last summer. Now, financially, that probably wasn't going to work for Bayern, but there was a reason why Flick wanted those two players. And I don't think it was just because they were two German players who were available at the time with national team ties. I think Flick had a direct idea of how he wanted to use Werner and how he could be an impactful player at Bayern Munich. Similarly, I feel as though Flick looked at Havertz and not only saw him as a potential successor to Thomas Muller, but a player who he could have played in different positions and really maximized his talent. Both Werner and Havertz have not had great seasons at Chelsea. And you could dive into that. That could take six hours to go through all of the problems that that duo has had in, in England. But when a, a manager like Flick, who doesn't always follow the book, who doesn't always have conventional ideas, when he wants to invest his time and effort into a player, I think it's worthwhile in giving him the opportunity to do that. Obviously, Leroy Sané was the main player that Byron pursued last summer, and though Flick wasn't reportedly fully on board with it, I think we've all seen what Flick has done with Sané. I mean, Sané was coming off an ACL injury. He obviously still maintained the great footwork, the great speed, and the great talent. But what Flick is doing with Sané is making him an all-around player. And he is making him even more effective than he was a couple of years back at Manchester City. I think we're seeing a Sané that is going to be a foundational piece for Bayern Munich moving forward because he is starting to commit to not only being a dangerous offensive threat, he's committing to the press and he's com fully committing to those defensive responsibilities that we saw him lacking in over the course of his international career and also with Manchester City. Now, when I say Flick deserves a little more power, does it mean he deserves autonomy? No, because I think in any well-run organization, there's got to be a give and take. There's got to be a, a system of checks and balances where front office personnel and coaches can work together to determine what the best moves are, whether that's with personnel or strategy or whatever. There has to be a good balance. And right now, I don't feel like that balance is proper. I think there are different factions at Bayern Munich based on what we've said. It seems like Karl Heinz Rummenegga and Flicker on one side. We have Brazo and former president Uli Honus on another. And then you've kind of got Herbert Hayner and incoming CEO Oliver Kahn uh, kind of in the middle mediating through this. Okay. And with that, yeah, sure, it sounds like there's balance, but right now Brazo ultimately seems like he's wielding a little bit more power than anyone. And again, you could go through, you could spend hours going through his moves. He has made some phenomenal and fantastic moves, but the the primary driver between this dysfunction, this at least rumored dysfunction between Flick and Brazo was last summer's transfer window. And we're not going to dive deep into that by any means, but it would be a great compromise if the Bayern front office could get with Flick, give him at least enough power to have a little more say in these personnel decisions. And I'm not saying that it has to be, you know, anything shifted from Brazo, but give Flick a little bit bigger of a voice, you know, make him feel good about his input 
and let's try and keep one the the manager who might be the best in the world at this stage with Bayern Munich because with Joachim Love's opening uh, with the German post, you know, Love will retire or at least step away from that position after the Euros this summer. Flick has become the prime candidate. He didn't outright deny he was interested in the position. I think Bayern is in a very precarious spot with Flick. Though he has a contract through 2023, you could really make the case that if the DFB and Flick both approach Bayern Munich about making a switch, it's going to be very hard for the Bavarians to turn that down and and not let Flick go, especially if Flick indicates that that he really wants the job. Uh, this is by far to me the most important thing that's going on with Bayern at this stage. I really want the relationship to be worked out between Flick and Brazo because I feel like together they can continue to build on this awesome foundation that is together with the team. They can add uh, some key veterans. They can continue to develop young players together. And I think if Brazo can just probably let his ego down a little bit and if Flick can let his ego down a little bit and they can work together, this could be a really great thing. And, and you know, I don't want to belabor the point on players like Werner and Havertz, but whoever the next player is that Flick really wants, that he really wants to invest himself into and work with at Bayern, it might not be such a bad idea to bring that player in if it's economically feasible. I think that Bayern is going to have to give a little to keep Flick here it just, you know, in reading the tea leaves, it just seems like he's going to want to be in a position where he has far more say on personnel. And he'll get that if he is the head coach of Germany. I fully believe the DFB will trust in Flick to build that roster how he envisions it. And, you know, if they offer him that type of power, it's really going to be hard for Bayern Munich to keep him in-house. So anyway, I think, uh, you know, pushing all of that aside when we come down and we look at just predicting a score for this Bayern Munich Lazio game I'm going to go with Bayern as a 3-1 winner I think that they're going to uh, be able to out strategize out work and, and just overall keep Lazio in check it's just the way Bayern is playing right now and it's again no disrespect to Lazio they're a fine side with a lot of great talent but Bayern Munich's at another level right now, and I think a 3-1 victory sounds about right. Uh, it would be great to see Robert Lewandowski continue on his path forward with scoring goals, and uh, I think we're going to see that. So once again, this is Chuck Smith. Thank you again for all the support you've been giving us with the podcast and on the Bavarian Football Works website. We really appreciate everything you guys do, every download that you have of the podcast and every view of our stories that we write. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time.